0: Ooh. <laughs> the second hour of love babs love talk on babs Rolls ivy thank you for tuning in to 103.5 wnhh and of course you know we're live streaming across all the social media sites facebook x uh youtube <laughs> twitch uh so tune in at all the spots on wnhh new haven independent and uh love Baths love talk hey I am delighted to welcome Katrina Jackson, author. Uh, By day, she's Dr. Nicole M. Jackson at Bowling Green uh, State University, uh, associate professor. And by night, she is the fabulously talented author, Katrina Jackson. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. I am so delighted to meet you. I know you're coming to Lit Fest, and uh, it's all about romance this year. So I'm excited to hear what brought you to this genre of books um mostly depression (laughs) (laughs) okay we all have our reasons do tell (laughs)
1: um i mean i i started reading romance like actively like in the midst of like a heavy election season where i just felt as if like the world was rough and i needed Mm -hmm. like a shot of hope Mm -hmm. to be honest with you um And I just happened to find like authors who clicked with me. Like I've always loved to read, but like romance was not my like genre of choice. And so I ended up here when I just needed like a lot of happiness.
0: I like that. And so did you find it easy to start writing romance? Like what was the, what what if you wanted to tell a romance story, where did you start? Did you just say, I'm gonna draw from my own life. Am I just gonna make everything up? Like, how did you get started?
1: Um, I mean, so I started um, writing romance um, in a different, a slightly different time period, but still depression. Um, and I just, I think that what I wanted was in those early stories to think about um, something that felt totally new. Um, And as I've written over the years, I've started writing more from my own experience, from the life I live. Like, I write a lot about academics and academia. um, And I write a lot about the things that I love, like history and, and like, Black music. So um, I think I sort of evened out over time with sort of thinking about, um, you know, like Toni Morrison said, like, there were stories I wanted to read. So I wrote them.
0: And 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 you write with a bit of erotica.
1: Not a bit. A lot. A lot,
0: <laughs> and and so uh, how do you how do you how do you work that in? Because you know, uh, for Black women, anything sexual, w- we are we are only in two categories as, as according to the world. We either whores or madonnas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we are either yeah. long suffering mammies or or loose women. How yeah. do we? How do you balance out a, a, a truth? You know, how do you carve out a, a different a different a different perspective
1: um i think i just reject reject that binary right like um you know i when i was younger i i read zane like a lot of people in my mm-hmm. age group i love zane um and um i read her certainly too young but i read her young <laughs> enough to to rethink that sort of binary later on in my life to really sort of um question if i had if it had to be either or right And so when I started writing erotica and I started writing erotic romance, um, I just reject the possibility that like black women have to be either or that because they are sexually open or because they are questioning their own sexuality or because they are just sexual, right? That that somehow makes them less than or it makes them um, um,
0: bad. Mm. And so uh, do you find yourself trying to explain uh, uh black women's freedom and agency around their sexual uh uh habits or desires or any of that um I mean
1: I literally do explain it, it like I teach about like black women sexuality and history and a lot of my like literal teaching is about how that binary is a stereotype right like we can look back in history and see that there are queer black women who exist that there are queer black people who exist that there are people who are having children out of wedlock right like like this idea that um those stereotypes have to conform to reality are are just not true um and so that's the explanation that I do in my my job as a professor, and so in my job as a writer, I just don't have to.
0: Mm. Or I, so, I will say that I won't. So, and you as a professor and and a writer. Do do these worlds collide? Are they easy to manage? Do they do they blend into each other? <laughs> um. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> I think they're starting to collide a little bit more. Like this <laughs> this uh sort of with us in the conference at Yale is maybe the more the most they have connected. Um, but I think they do also meet in my own writing, right? Like I am writing about things that are informed, often that are informed by my own research, my own um reading on black history. So
0: Oh, I like that. So 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 I I just come to understand recently that somebody had said that romance writers aren't taken seriously that romance as a genre is not taken seriously as a as other uh fiction and and you know highfalutin sort of work. Uh, what do you say to that?
1: Um I mean I think that there have been moments in literary history where that has been true certainly. Um I don't know that that's really true today is is my big sort of pushback. I do think though that like certainly in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of um, um, discussion about romance, whether or not it was even literature, whether or not it was just, you know, sort of, excuse my language, like porn for like housewives, right? Um, But I think today um, it's a different playing field. Like there are lots of like really fantastic, uh, romance authors who are writing in other genres. There's a, a lot of sort of conversation about the literary merits of romance, um, and I think that landscape has shifted in the past, like you know, maybe decade or so. Mm.
0: And so, who who reads you? Like, who, what is your readership? And and when you start to write a book, uh, Katrina, do do you have that audience in mind? Um. I'll answer the second first, which is no. <laughs> like I,
1: <laughs> I, I am my primary audience. Like I, I'm writing books that I, I want to read. Um, I'm telling stories I want to tell, um, and I think my audience is um, pretty varied, actually. Surprisingly, um, I write a lot of queer characters, so I have like a very large queer audience, which makes me really happy. Um, I write a lot of academics and so I have a lot of academics who read <laughs> my books um for better or worse <laughs> um and um, um, I have a lot of black female like readers of course like I'm writing for myself I'm writing black female characters um but I also have like a lot of male readers and non non-binary readers as well like it's just a really large cro- cross-section of people that I've had the pleasure of meeting they email me about parts of the book that resonate with them. Um, so, um, I don't, I, don't, I, I do when I don't know who my audience is. And so it would be impossible for me to write a story for all of them. So I write for myself
0: and at least so far that has, that has worked. And, and, and I gather that you are committed to having diverse characters. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Like, what does that mean?
1: Uh, For me, it means that there's always at least one uh, Black American character in all of my books, like I'm writing from, in that case, my own standpoint. Um, But I always say that I write uh, books that sort of filter or that look like the world I grew up in. I'm from like Northern California. So there are a whole bunch of Latinos, in particular Mexican Americans in my books. There's um, a, I'm a diaspora historian, so there are lots of Black people from the diaspora in my books, like from Africa, from the Caribbean, from Latin America. Um, so far, um, there are lots of queer characters in my books as the main characters and as secondary characters because that's the world I I, I am in and that I recognize as my reality, and um, and there are lots of people ac- across the class spectrum too. Like I'm not someone, I mean, this everyone is different but I'm not someone who's particularly invested in telling stories of rich people. Um, I don't know what that's like. That's not my life. So I, I, I don't wanna, that's, that's a fantasy. I'm not trying to live necessarily. Um, and then I um, think I also do, which is really important to me is I write a lot of sex workers. Like I have known a lot of sex workers. Um, I believe that sex work is work. And so I wanna write those characters with
0: dignity. So where's the romance? because that sounds like a lot that sounds like a lot when you're talking about sex workers, when you're talking about the queer community and and I don't think anybody ever thinks about those folks having uh uh romance and 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 then, and then you don't throw any any money like what <laughs> I didn't say no money. I just said, I'm not
1: writing rich people. Like most of us are living like middle-class or less, right? Like when we are still out here living and loving, right? Like that's money is not a, is not a a prerequisite for love. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think it's only a lot. If you think that those people are a lot, right? Like if you think that those people are exceptional. So, um, you know, one of my favorite stories is literally it's called like back in the day, which is a book two of a, uh, of a series. And I'm writing, uh, or the story is about um, a young man who's helping his father um, move out of their house in Oakland, California, which is my hometown. And in the process of moving out, his father is really adamant that he has to go with his record collection. And his son is like, fam, this is a very large collection. Why do we have to do this? And in the process of explaining that, he tells his son how he met his mother 40 years before. Like, this is and that's like a for me, like a really obvious like entry point to tell this like love story that spans decades that, but that's also about like gentrification in Oakland. That's also about like what it looks like to uh love someone. Um, um, these these are two artists, uh, a writer and a photographer. Like all of that can be bound up in one, right? Or I have a spy series um that <laughs> begins with um a uh, um uh, a personal assistant who hates her job because she's in love with her bosses and so she's trying to quit. <laughs> and like her best friend is a cam girl like who falls in love with the spy. Like if you create a world where none of these people are, um, are tokens, right? Like they exist in this space, right? Because we all have friends who like maybe have jobs we wouldn't do or like are maybe struggling, right? Or we've struggled at different parts of our lives. Like, If we understand that, like, this is what the world and what friend groups look like, then it's
0: not it's not too much for me. Hmm. Okay, so you're you're writing these wonderful books all across different genres with uh, erotica and romance and all that. Uh, Has anybody optioned any books? Can you see some of your characters on the screen? Big screen, little screen. Can you see that? Do you wish for that?
1: Um, I mean, I wish for anything. Um, so I will take I will take all opportunities. No one has optioned any books for me, but if you have a friend, like let them. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I can actually see them as um like in my head, like a lot of like the work I do and sort of thinking about the story is about playing it out in my head. And so when I sit down to write, like I do have like something like sort of happen, like a sort of real going in my head. But Mm. yeah, if someone would like to option any of my books, I'm here.
0: Because I see a lot of, uh, you know, these streaming services need content and people are doing some amazing stuff with putting a short series series out and uh, movies out on, you know, Netflix and Apple and all these places. Not your traditional make a film a year, two years, and then it goes to like movies, theaters that like people, people are doing work and putting it on. On these streaming services, and it's yeah. really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, um, that is happening, um, and I wish there was more of that. I especially wish there was more of that that didn't look exactly like everything else that's out there. Like, and yeah. I it would not be me if I didn't say that, right? Like, we have seen a lot of optioning of like diverse romances written by um, authors of color, but at least thus far, uh, none of them have made it to screen. So, mm.
0: and that's a shame. Mm-hmm. So when you when you sit down to to craft something where does inspiration come from Katrina are you are you walking down the street on your way to the farmers market are you are you at a party are you coming out of a relationship how do you how do you get inspired to write anything and everything literally any anywhere and everywhere <laughs> like do you carry a notebook around like how do you keep keep up how do you keep up with the thoughts and the ideas Oh, I wish I carried a notebook that would make my life easier. (laughs) Um,
1: No, I mean, um, so I've gotten like um, um, one of my most popular books called Office Hours. I literally started writing while I was on the tenure track and it's about a character who's on the tenure track. So I wrote it slowly over the course of like two or three years while I was literally going up for tenure. Um, And it was literally me looking around and being like, oh, this job is rough. And like everyone has it rough. Right. Now, how you craft that into a romance, like, you know, we got there eventually. But like that was my inspiration. Um, but then it's as simple as like, sometimes it's like, you know, song lyrics. Sometimes it's, um, you know, reading someone else's book and wondering if I could like put my own spin on that as well. Like got literally anywhere.
0: Hmm. Now, did, did I read a piece or did I, was this on your website about struggle love? Was oh, the, yeah. Was it? Talk to me about that because I'm such a, I, I, I don't understand this whole. Idea of a struggle love and how people are so invested in what I imagine struggle love to be. So tell me, tell, give me a definition of struggle love, and 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 why did you speak on it?
1: So I so the definition that is floating around social media and has been for a few years is essentially a number of readers um, saying that they don't want to read black romance because they are urban romance or urban fiction because they imagine that it's struggle love. And their definition seems to be that it is chaotic and um, toxic um, and like a dead end is the general description that people have used. Um, And in my opinion, um, which is what that piece is about is that that's incredibly biased because if you were to hop on TikTok today, you'd see a lot of people telling you to read the latest dark romance, which usually begins with um, the male main character, the quote unquote hero, um, kidnapping his love interest and sort of spending (laughs) a bit of time like torturing her in various ways as on their road to their happily ever after, right? Um, but the distinction there is that those characters are not um, uh, people, they're not Black, right? Or at least they're not both Black. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the ways that like romance has not changed in the last few years, because the thing I'm interested in as a scholar is that it's marginalization of Black authors telling Black stories, right? Um, interracial romance has always been a, a pretty, pretty popular uh, subgenre and it is absolutely one today but Black authors writing Black romance where everyone involved in the romance is Black has uh, remained really marginalized
0: in, um, in this space. Wow. So where do you see the future of this going? I mean, do you think about, are you, do you feel like you're helping move the needle forward? And, 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 and who are you reading these days?
1: Um, I would like to think I'm helping move the needle forward. But I also recognize, thankfully, that there are so many other people out there who are also doing that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Beverly Jenkins, who writes historical black romance. I just think that like her stories are not just sort of like really sort of lovely to read and kind of fall into, but also as a historian, I think those uh, those uh, novels are Um, so well crafted from a historical standpoint like if you're interested in Black history like you can learn Black history on the in the pages of her books which is super rare Um, so I'm a huge fan of her I'm a huge fan of Alyssa Cole actually I found Beverly Jenkins through Alyssa Cole like that was a recommendation um, she made of an author she read I think Alyssa Cole right she's writing thrillers right now but her romances are some of the most Um, progressive and clear and just like beautifully written books I've ever read in any genre. Um, And I love like Rebecca Weatherspoon. My friend Tasha L. Harrison writes really good ones. I mean, there are just lots of like authors who write really fantastic books who I think are pushing the needle forward in lots of really cool ways.
0: Mm. And so how often are you writing books? How often are you putting books out?
1: Less now. The pandemic has been rough on me.
0: And I why know, right. why has the pandemic been rough because you you know you're held up somewhere that seems like that would be the perfect time to, to like dive into writing
1: well I mean one I teach so I, I do have like oh, a so you that have to is, t- <laughs> <is> demanding um <laughs> and so and there's that and like teaching like I mean lots of you know teachers and professors will tell you that teaching during the pandemic was you know a rough thing to do so I think we're all kind of recovering from that but I also think um like lots of people like um the last few years have taken a particular toll on me like mentally and also physically and so right now I'm writing much less than I used to just because I'm trying to focus on like actually resting like actually Mm. taking time to like live my life which is where I get inspiration for books and to like reconnect with people or connect with people who I love so um right now like I'm not writing really much at all um and, but I'm still
0: teaching, so, you know. You're still te- well, you got to eat, right? You got to eat, you know, right? I'm still teaching. I mean, I know you're selling books too, but, you know, you, you have yep. to figure out what's the bigger, you know, because you, you're on, are you tenured track? Are you tenured? I'm tenured now. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And and I think you talk a little bit about that because you took a Sabbath or you were taking a Sabbath or you're about to take a Sabbath. I took a sabbatical. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, so a sabbatical. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm in no, my religious mind. <laughs> and how was that? was that. Um, I don't think it was everything you thought it was going to be, at least from not, what I could read.
1: It was not. It was not.
0: Um,
1: no, I, so my sabbatical started in the fall of 2019. So uh, the latter half of it was the start of the pandemic, which was a very sort of interesting transition to rest, um, but not quite. Um, But I think that um, so much of, like, that, like, academia itself and, like, being a professor, which I write about a lot in my book, is that, um, like, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I didn't come from a family where I was the first person in my family to get uh, a college degree. Um, I stumbled into graduate school and being a professor. And so I write a lot about what it's like to be um, a girl from a working class family who had, like, no precedent for this. Right. And who is looking at a system that existed long before me and will exist long after me um, and wanting to do good work there, but also seeing how easy it is for me to do, to burn myself out.
0: Mm. And so when you write about those kinds of things, is it cathartic? Sometimes. Yeah. And do you get to work out some of the, the issues or the kinks in your life through the fictionalized telling of a story?
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, depending on when I'm writing the book and like how Um, my last book in the series about academics called Curriculum Vitae is literally called sabbatical. And so I was thinking about like, what was my sabbatical not for me. <laughs> um, But I was also thinking about, like, I think a lot of academics go into their sabbatical thinking about all the work they can get done, which makes total sense. You have new projects, you have new things you want to do, which makes, you know, it's fine. But it should also be a moment to rest, right? Like you have, you get a sabbatical, you know, depending on where you are every seven years, right? So that is a semester or one year where you don't have to teach. And so it's it should be a space for your brain to rest from all of the responsibilities you have, right? Most people though, don't approach pro- approach it that way. I didn't approach it that way. And so this, that book was about me thinking, oh, what if I had, right? Like, what if I had prioritized like resting? And what if I had, <laughs> someone in my life who had been there to help me prioritize resting.
0: Well, you know, resting is a movement now. There's it is. a whole, and it's it's so revolutionary, I think, because no one ever tells black women to, to sit down.
1: Literally ever, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, you have all these things on your plate. How can I give you a couple more, right? Like, exactly.
0: Yes. So I'm so I'm fascinated by by the nap culture and the rest ministry and and all those opportunities Mm -hmm. for black women to go sit down and, uh, you know, and and be okay and not feel guilty and say no (laughs) to say no.
1: It's like so hard for black women, regardless of their industry, regardless of their age, like the amount of times I just watch black women across the spectrum who are like, oh, I have like me, I look at myself, I have all these things on my plate, I'm doing all these things. And it's like, okay, but how was your sleep last night? Like, did you get a full eight? Did you get six even like, like, what's, what's going on here?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And I think the big thing, too, like, we have learned over the last few decades is, like, th- that has, like, severe health, like, uh, effects, right? Like, it is adverse to our health that we don't rest, right? And so I am thinking about that as I'm writing about all these characters who need to <laughs> learn how to slow down, right? It's, like, it's not explicitly stated in the, in the books, but, like, it's because I understand if they don't do so now, right, mm. in 20 years, like, that will cost them in ways that they cannot get back.
0: Mm. Now, now, do your friends and family members and significant others and love interests do do they concern themselves with showing up in your stories? But like, do they say to you, Katrina, listen, <laughs> I don't, I want to show up in this book.
1: <laughs> and, um, and do you?
0: And do you hear it? And do you do you acquiesce to it? Do you? What do you do? How do you do that?
1: I've never had someone say that to me, so I guess maybe they don't care or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're flattered right I don't maybe, maybe. I mean maybe I don't write thing. about anyone specifically but I do take like little bits and pieces of like you know not conversations but like things my friends are interested in right like that shows up in my own life and so of course it shows up in some way
0: like in my writing as well and none and of your friends are like Girl, I I I recognize that, or oh, I remember that, or oh, I know what that is. No one says that. No one said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should ask.
1: I, I send out a recognize survey. Recognize
0: yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, when you're when you're out in the world, do you lead with telling people you're a writer? No, I don't. Why?
1: Well, I think it's because, well, some of it is because so much of my identity has been about being a historian. Like that is what mm-hmm. I try to do. That's what my degree is in. For the most part, like when I meet people in person, like I'm probably meeting them in some way, you know, uh, connected to, And well, first of all, I'm meeting them under my like actual name. So it would be very strange to be <laughs> like, oh, <awesome." laughs> Um, But I also think that like, being a romance writer is um, like it started off as a hobby. Like it wasn't a thing. I stumbled into again. I mean, this is actually the sort of story of my life.
0: I stumbled into this as a career. This was not the goal. And so, so you have a pseudonym You have this name, Katrina, but your name, name, your government name, as we say, is uh, Nicole. Mm -hmm. So how did Katrina, how did you pick Katrina? Why did you pick Katrina? You could have picked anything, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, one, I'm not that imaginative. Names are actually quite hard. Talk to any author. They will tell you that naming characters is very difficult. So naming myself was very difficult. Um, But actually, um, I chose Katrina because I had a cat who, uh, right around the time I was finishing my first book, was sick. And it was very clear that she was not going to last much longer.
0: And so I just chose her name as my author name. That's a sweet story. It is. It's, That's sad, very it's, sweet, sweet. It's, it's sad, but it's a sweet, I mean, it just means at least when you tell it, I hear that you had great love for this cat. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, and that it keeps her, it keeps the cat forever in your consciousness when you take the cat's name as your name Yeah. Uh, in this genre. So, so what do your colleagues think? What do you, what do your work colleagues think? Um. Nothing. I don't. Uh, okay. I don't <laughs> you know, one of
1: one of my colleagues knows that I I write fiction. Like none of them have ever read my book. And this is not their cup of tea. Which it does not have to be. Um. I have like some colleagues who are not at my university who know that I write. Um. Who are very like supportive. But um. I think I think people thought I certainly thought that this would be disruptive. That it would be strange. That like I. Um, I'm a professor who writes, but like so many romance authors, like are professionals. They are professors. They are lawyers. They are doctors. There, I mean, it is surprising how many people in this genre are also in their alter ego or <laughs> in their real lives. Uh, people you would not expect. Mm.
0: So, Katrina, are there are there black men romance writers out there? Yes. Who? So, well, my you friend, do you know any? I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I <do. laughs> um, I do. There are some, not a whole bunch, but there are some and I wish there are more. I mean, my personal friends um are Chris Stevenson and Jason uh Graham. And then there's also like Costco Jackson, who's a queer black man who writes. Like there are a few, hopefully there will be more in the future. But um, yeah. Mm.
0: I just find it interesting that I, I don't hear much about black men. No. Um uh, uh, romance writers. Except, I do know the ones that write from a very uh same sex space. Yeah, you know? there
1: there are a number of queer black men. Um, there could always be more, but there are also straight black men. Um, I think most of the ones I know are also indie, so they are self
0: publishing their own books. But yeah, they exist. Mm-hmm. All right, so. So what what is the dream, Katrina? What what you know? We have a few minutes left. What is the dream as an author, as a professor, for your life? What is the big dream? Like when you wake up, or when you think about forward, what what do you see? What do you want?
1: Oh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> you you say the hardest for last. Got that? Okay. Um, I mean, I think I think that my dream in writing is also my dream in teaching is also my dream um, elsewhere is to really sort of end up at a more just world. Like that is. The like fantasy I'm still taking through my romances, like how can I like contribute to like us ending up at a more just world where people are allowed to be um, uh, themselves, where they are not discriminated against, where they are allowed to like make room uh, and space to care for one another. Like that is where I would like to end up. Um, and some days it is easier to imagine that world than others.
0: I like that. Well, I so appreciate your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to seeing you at Elm City Lit Fest uh, in collaboration with the uh, Yale uh, the Literature of Hope uh, uh, Romance Fiction Conference. I look forward to meeting you, and I and I'm gonna pick me. up some of your books and see what's happening. But okay. I mean, I'm an old lady, so I don't know. I you know I try to, I try to, uh, I try to broaden my horizon as best I can. But uh, okay, well I mean, you know, you know, if you want a
1: recommendation to ease you in. Oh, no. Give me one, girl. Let me write it down.
0: <laughs> tell me which um, one I should start with.
1: I would start with either back in the day or office hours.
0: Okay. All right. I'm writing that down. I'm going to go to my, my favorite bookseller and tell her, get me this book. <laughs> okay. Those are, like, miles. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for giving me a warning. <laughs> I'll ease into the to the other stuff. I, I like it. So, but thank you so much. I look forward to you uh uh being in New Haven and uh uh spending some time in our city. And I look forward to talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> Have thank a good you. rest of your your day. You too. Bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, Harry Jones, thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow. And uh, I think all this week I'm talking to Elm City Lit Fest authors because it's all about romance. And uh, I'm sure I am going to pick up uh, Nicole, I mean, uh, yes, Katrina's books because I'm intrigued now. So uh, thank you all for a wonderful Monday. It's a good time. So I'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday. Stay tuned.